1: Learn more at marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the We Are podcast, the K. Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. He is Corey Geiger. I'm Jared Prugar. Welcome, Corey. I have to ask you a question because this is becoming um for lack of a better word a big problem uh in in college athletics and in all honesty in athletics as a whole from the youth level all the way up to to the collegiate level especially in amateur sports I mean we all know that it it happens but uh in the main in professional leagues it's called free agency but let's talk commitment Corey let's talk commitment issues because for good bad or indifferent It's here in college football. It's here in college basketball and it's here to stay. And I don't know that that's a good thing.
2: I'm glad you mentioned more than just college athletics here. And then, you know, youth sports and other sports, because you want, if a kid's going to sign up, no matter what age, you want them to be committed to you. You want them to be committed to your team, to their teammates, You and I both coach youth sports. So, obviously, we're going to talk about this from how it impacts Penn State. There are a couple of kids. Penn State lost a quarterback who flipped his commitment to Florida. And then the next day, they gained a safety who flipped his commitment from Alabama to Penn State. And that's why we're talking about this. But the word itself, Jared, in 2022, I don't really know that the word commitment really means – all that much. Would you agree with that? It certainly doesn't mean what it used to mean. Oh my
1: God. No, no. And it doesn't mean much in anything. I mean, youth sports, I mean, dads and, and players bolt for different leagues, different opportunities all the time. High school kids transfer to this school or that school. Or they're being recruited. Um, you know, it, there is a severe lack of commitment both in life and in athletics. And we see that all the time. And I think that the pandemic has shown that uh, quite a bit, to be honest with you, but the issue Here is that verbal commitments don't matter. Let's be real. Verbal commitments are just words. They don't, they're not, you're not signing on the dotted line. It's not the national letter of intent. It's a verbal commitment. And so much can change because the recruiting process doesn't stop. It never stops. And it won't stop now for three, four, even five years at at universities everywhere, because you've got to re-recruit every single off season. Now with the transfer portal. And that's the other thing too. The transfer portal doesn't help because, why commit to something if it's not going your way?
2: And you know what? Let's not just put all of this on the players. Is there a commitment from the coaches? Uh, you know, if if Penn State goes eleven and two last year, is James Franklin the football coach? Would he have been committed to Penn State, or would he be at LSU or USC? USC is back in the Big 10 in a couple of years. Yeah, exactly, right. So the point the the re, you know part of a big part of all of this is do you, you know what everybody's committed to, Jared? Me. Yeah,
1: and that's the thing, man. Like that's it's such a me society now. It's all about us. It's all about everything. I mean, in recruiting, the way that it's evolved, and I don't necessarily think it's a great thing because you every 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 school now has that social media area where they go and take pictures and they do this and they do that and it's all about them wearing that gear, wearing that jersey, which is a prideful moment. Don't get me wrong. I was not fortunate enough to be a good enough football player to be committed to play football at the next level. Now, I did become a state championship, a uh, state champion in flag football uh, when I was at Robert Morris, but that's not the same as at all. But that's the thing. It, it, it's all about me. It's all about those likes. It's all about those favorites the retweets and and don't get me wrong those are great because now you can make money off of them we're going to get to that here in the second segment uh when we have a guest from success with honor penn state's nil initiative uh join us for the podcast but that's the thing Corey, it's all about me 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 and and it's tough because you know you look at guys like let's say florida right billy napier gets the job Uh, He's not involved in that, not interested in the NIL stuff. Not interested. We don't do that here. Well, guess who has one of the better NIL collectives in college athletics? Florida. No shit. (laughs) It's just, that's the thing. That's the nature of the game right now. And that's, that's what's so difficult
2: to focus on and realize. And, you know, look, every, every case is different and every individual is different. So let's, let's break down a couple of these that, that just happened here over the last few days. So Marcus Stokes was a four-star quarterback from Florida, the same high school where Tim Tebow went. How about that? Nice high school. He committed to Penn State back a, a couple months ago. Then he went to a camp at Florida and got offered by Florida. Okay. And so, look. You know, that kid, completely understandable, wouldn't you say, Jared? I mean, oh, 100%. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's committed to Penn State, and you're thinking, okay, well, that now Penn State's got its quarterback for the class. So, look, nobody can blame Marcus Stokes that his in-state school offered him, and that's probably might have been where he wanted to go all along. Uh, sometimes there are late bloomers, late offers, those kinds of things. Then you have the flip side again. The next day, uh, Penn State gets – uh, the safety from Al- who had committed to Alabama, Elliott Washington, one of the top twenty-five safeties in the country. By the way, they're loaded at the safety uh, position for the class of twenty twenty-three. We'll talk about that, you know, in, in another podcast. But again, it's it's completely understandable why these why these guys would do it. But at the same time, if you if you say you're committed somewhere, I mean, h- how much can we really trust that word at all in college athletics?
1: I don't – I mean, you have to take it with a grain of salt at this point because, I mean, a commitment uh, verbally with words means nothing. You're going to be wined and dined. And that's that's part of the process, man. That used to be the process. You go to Penn State. They take you to the creamery. They take you out to eat at the field or the Penn Stater or or wherever you want to go. And the world is your oyster. Or they even keep it in-house. They show you the facilities. This is what we expect you to do. This is what you can do. This is what we think of you. That's what recruiting was all about. And now, not so much. Now it's, it's boosting that ego. It's adding to that. It's adding to, hey, listen, we think you're a great player. We think you would do great things. And there's a lot of, oh, and I think a lot of other places, not necessarily Penn State, but there's a lot of overpromise. Hey, You can come in and compete day one, and you can do this, and you can do that, and we, have, we expect big things for you. Well, like we always say, as soon as you get to campus, rankings don't matter. You're you're an ordinary college football player there. You got to make a name for yourself. And that's where the work ethic and that's where that sort of stuff kind of kind of takes off. And I think that's both good, bad and different. But now with the way that recruiting is, you got to balance both how much money you can make that student potentially, but also is this kid committed? What are his commitment levels? Not just, you know, verbally or, or or signing a letter of intent, but is this a kid that's going to be here and stay here if things don't go his way? And that's a big, I think that's the biggest issue is if it gets tough, do people bolt or do they stick through it and come out on the other side?
2: Well, and another thing, we're talking 16 and 17 year old kids here. I will say this, um. We cover recruiting here. We'll cover recruiting on the podcast. We'll cover it on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Recruiting makes me feel icky. Oh, yeah, the word I said is icky. I'm an old man, so I'm using a word like icky. That's a really be- good
1: way to describe that, Corey, to be honest with you, because it's,
2: <clears throat> it is kind of disgusting. You know, it's, there's these massive industries that are built on following the every whim of a 16 or 17 year old kid. I mean, for God's sake, I'm 48. Recruiting used to not be that big of a deal. You know, all all that uh, well covered until maybe, maybe 20 years ago, 15 years ago. I don't know exactly. But it used to be, if you could get any recruiting nuggets, now you got all these websites and everybody, I, I just, I feel icky about it, Jared, but working in the media and especially working in online media, we can back it up. When you write recruiting stories, people read them. They don't have recruiting websites because people don't read them. People read recruiting stories as much, if not more than just about any other story that we do. And I, frankly, I, again, that makes me feel icky. Don't get me wrong. I have friends who are great recruiting reporters and we have to do the recruiting r- reporting as well. But man, man, Oh, you know, we're talking about the commitment level of these kids. I, I just sit back and think they're 17 year old high school kids. Why, why are we fawning all over their every whim?
1: And that's not we're not trying to take anything away from these athletes, because I think, you know, that gets lost in the in the shuffle, too, because these guys are great athletes or. They're they're getting recruited at 16, 17, 18 years old, which is which is awesome for them. It's a life changing experience, good, bad, and indifferent. But the issue that I have with recruiting is that we, we these kids, I co- I teach high school, I teach high school career uh, exploration classes. They're, these kids are not mature enough to make a decision. They they go back and forth. Hell, listen, I have a tough enough time figuring out what I want to eat on a daily basis, and that's tough. Right. I I have a tough time figuring out what I want to eat, but these kids don't even know what profile picture they want to put on their social media platform or whatever phone case that they want to put on or what or what person they want to date or this, that or the other thing. So, you know, to make a life changing decision at 16, 17, 18 years old is not easy by any
2: means. How about about the entitlement? How about the entitlement issue, Jared, when everybody's writing about all these kids and we wonder how they become so entitled? Right. Exactly. And that's the thing is like,
1: everybody likes to have their ego strokes, right? You'd like to, everybody likes to compliment uh, like Corey likes it when I compliment him when he's hitting fly balls and, and stuff like that or, or whatever, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, it, it, it's the, everybody likes that. So of course you're going to want that. And it gives you that false sense of hope because again, when you get to campus, that doesn't matter, which is why I think the NIL is great because guess what, when you get to campus and you perform and you get that money, and you get that money off your name, image, likeness, whatever, then you have something to fall back on when things don't go your way. Because too many yeah. five-star athletes go into the NFL or go into, I'm sorry, go into campuses and think that they are the shit. They are the best. They are what they can do. Hands down. They're the best thing since sliced bread. Their communities have told them that they're every, everybody in their corner has told them you're so great. You're so this, you're so that then they get to campus and, and they're just an ordinary Joe. They're going up against a 24-year-old senior, and they're an 18-year-old freshman, and that's not good because then they get humbled. And that slice of humble pie
2: means a hell of a lot more when you're when you're playing for your livelihood. And uh, just so everybody knows, we're going to talk about some of the fallout, especially of the quarterback flip. Uh, in the third segment because we do have a guest coming up in the second segment but the last thing I'd like to say on this issue to end the first segment here Jared is just that um, clearly recruiting is massive and you mentioned earlier just because a kid commits somewhere doesn't mean the whining and dining is going to stop elsewhere and also we do have to take a look at what do offers mean Uh, colleges offer these kids but then there's the whole concept of the committable offer, do they really want you to commit to them or are they just offering you you know, to appeal to you and, and keep you interested in them? The whole thing, <laughs> I'm just going to come back to my icky word, Jared. The, the whole thing, all aspects of it, it is a necessary evil. You have to go through the recruiting process. You have to commit, and people do change their minds in life, and that happens, but, man, deal, t- dealing with and talking about all the ins and outs of this stuff, it just makes me feel icky
1: right and i don't think there's any other way to say it i mean and it's great because you know other people are able to make their livelihoods off of what we're talking about and i think that's great it is an it's an it's a necessary evil and i think that's the unfortunate thing about it because he, again these are kids these are kids that don't get a chance to really be kids because they're they're put on this pedestal at an early age because Typically, they were performers in Pop Warner or their youth league. Then they get to the middle school and they, and they perform or they're called up as a freshman and they perform. They don't get to be kids. And we often forget that that matters, that going out and playing and having fun with friends. That matters. Not everything is about the game of football or people have to go out and live, too. And I think that's, you know, when you get to to be a student athlete, you know, it, it's tough. There, there are there are sacrifices that your family makes that you make between getting a job or putting a work, going to work out or your studies, you know, that's the thing. The kids have to still be kids at the, at the root of it. So when you're talking about life-changing moments and, and scholarships and things like that, and then you're messing with her being a kid, being their that's their childhood. They're growing up their maturity. Then that's where, you know, they get blown up and they get, you know, the, the advisors, so to speak, air quotes around the word advisors getting them their cars or their houses for their families. Reggie Bush, what's up? You know, it, it's it's just one of those things. And that's the unfortunate side of it. Because, yeah, of course, everybody wants a, a great athlete to come to their university. Who doesn't? Uh, you, want, you want to play with the best. But at the end of the day, you know, it's not always the best athlete that makes the, the impact for the team. It's the best worker, the hardest worker that is really what you want on campus.
2: Tell you what, I'm committed to, man. I'm committed to keeping this podcast going and and talking about all kinds of great issues. Like, I I love when we can get into the the issues like this. We're going to wrap up this segment. Uh, Again, we got a, a great guest from Success with Honor coming up in the second segment. I'm looking forward to our third segment, too, Jared. We can get into the whole quarter, the future of the quarterback position at Penn State.
1: That's right. So before Corey changes his mind, which he's been known to do, we're going to take this quick break and we'll come back with Morgan Frazier from Successful Honor in the second segment of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. The Capital Sports Podcasting Network. I'm joined by a special guest, Morgan Fraser of Success with Honor, Penn State's branch of the NIL um, situation. So, Morgan, tell me a little bit about what you guys do uh, with Success with Honor.
0: Yeah, so we basically, on a, you know, on this basic level, we provide NIL opportunities for almost every single Penn State student athlete, whether that's through endorsements it could be meet and greets autograph signings uh, special events sending you know nil summit things along those lines we're striving to help out every single penn state student athlete
1: so how did that come about because obviously the nil stuff is here to stay and it just kind of came up came up and kind of bit everybody by the by the tail how did that come about at penn state and, and how hard was it to to kind of get the athletes involved and to get this set up at, at penn state as well
0: yeah, so, I mean, Penn State was behind when NIL, you know, first, first getting going. A bunch of other universities had collectives. Penn State did not. So we were approached, our, you know, Parent company, student Athlete NIL, we were approached by a group of powerful donors, boosters from the university, uh, and asked to help manage their collective. And we jumped on the opportunity, and it's been great since then. Um, A lot of it, though, comes down in regards to the student athletes is just the lack of education of you know what is an IL what can and can I not do. um, Can the university help me etc so we've been trying to educate the athletes as best as possible, um, while also providing them with great opportunities.
1: So speaking of what NIL is and what they can and can't do, what is that? Because obviously yeah. we hear name image likeness, but it's so much more than just players making a name, making money off of their names.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. It's way more than that. Um, I mean, NIL basically allows any student athlete to be, I'd say, equal to their non-student athlete counterpart who have just the same opportunities to go out there, to get a job, to get paid for it, to utilize their NIL for, you know, classic example, endorsement deals, autographs, but also, which is my favorite part, is using their NIL to set them up for their future career, to get those internships that they thought that they couldn't have when they're a student athlete, even if it's a micro internship, to leverage that to getting a foot in the door for, you know, whatever field it might be, business, if it's sales, accounting, like law, I've had a couple athletes come up to me and, you know, ask about my law degree and if they can get like a paralegal job somewhere things along those lines. So it's, it's anything and everything is NIL.
1: Now, how far behind was Penn State when this collective started?
0: They were very far behind. Um, I mean, look at the news when Penn State's, you know, Success with Honor was launched and at the end of March, by that time, there's the Gator Collective. Texas had about three collectives. Ohio State had around two collectives. Um, smaller men majors had collectives. and Penn State really did not have anything. And, you know, state law, Pennsylvania state law is extremely restrictive in all the Nil, you know, the ones the states that do have laws, Pennsylvania, Florida, very restrictive. So that also puts them at a disadvantage. However, since Success with Honor's launch, we've quickly risen to be one of the top collectives, which is exciting because honestly, it only can go up from here.
1: So what is next for, for Success with Honor and how do you get Penn State to, to be able to compete with programs like Ohio State, like Texas and, and schools of that nature?
0: Yeah, so up next, uh, we've got a great fall I guess, rollout planned with things that we're doing. We'll be having tailgates at every single football game where student athletes will be at. We'll be hosting... Fan events the Friday night before football games. We're launching our NFTs that we're doing with the student athletes. T-shirt lines, we're currently um, working with the entire football and wrestling team to create their own shirt lines that fans can then purchase and athletes will receive 100% of the proceeds from. We'll be offering it to every single Penn State athlete, uh, just basically test casing with uh, football and wrestling right now, so very exciting. Um, those shirts, too, will be themed for the home football games, so you'll have the white out shirts, you'll have stripe out thon, et etc., which will be really cool. Um, we're starting some educational series that we'll be dropping this fall, where fans can come on, learn about NIL, ask questions away, etc., as well as we'll be dropping all of our exclusive content that we'll be filming.
1: So how how different is it to maybe market a, a, a student athlete that's probably involved with, let's say for, and this is really extreme, but for fencing compared to say maybe basketball, wrestling, or, or football, how big of a difference is that? And, and are there more opportunities for those that play more the, the revenue sports or, or the Olympic sports?
0: I mean, it depends. I, uh, you have more opportunities, more visible. You are. So obviously, you know, football, basketball, wrestling, more opportunities are more visible. However, for those Olympic sports, there's more of those niche opportunities. Like, sports specific equipment. So like I, I was a gymnast at Florida, um, like GK leotards, better opportunity to be rubbed by those brands, you know, Wilson's glove, Titleist, things along those lines for the more Olympic sports that necessarily aren't available to, you know, the football players, the basketball, et cetera. So there's just as much as an opportunity. It's just more of a specific niche opportunity.
1: So how does, how does kind of the NCAA and, and Penn State kind of get, um, get a hold of the NIL because it seems like it's kind of spiraling out of control. You hear players all the time with these multimillion dollar deals. Number one, is that possible for players at Penn state or, or and number two, how do you kind of get behind that and, and kind of make sure that it's under control and, and doing it for the right reasons?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that was our entire mission statement was, we wanted to do things the right way above board. Um, and with that is offering you know, fair market value. I mean, fair market value is just dictated whoever, you know, what the athlete wants to be paid and what someone wants to pay them. So you can't really control that. Uh, But for us, it's making sure we're doing equal opportunities for, you know, it's not all just football. We're also offering offering opportunities to all the other student athletes who are eligible um, to receive them, making sure, you know, female sports, non-revenue male sports, et cetera, which really sets our collective apart from others. Cause not only are, you know, the big names, everybody like that getting NIL deals, but we're helping out the entire student athlete body in general.
1: How difficult is it to keep track of all those athletes? Because that would be to me, it seems like almost thousands of athletes. And obviously you have to manage the deals per athlete. How difficult is that?
0: It's not really, you know, difficult. We got a great internal tracking system. Um, not honestly difficult at all we can do and gladly do more um which is I think a great problem to have
1: so say I'm a student athlete and I come to you what what what's our initial conversation like and about making money off my name or maybe there's an endorsement I want to pursue what what goes through that process and and take me through that process and how that happens
0: yeah so there's a couple different avenues uh we're the ones reaching out to student athletes not okay. so much them reaching out to us now there have been ones who have you know reached out to us and if we can make that connection and get them the endorsement deal 100 we'll do that we're just not an agent on behalf of the athlete we work on behalf of the collective and the collective members so we'll come to them um with an opportunity if it's an event so we're doing an event around arts fest arts fest um we're having different athletes Run the the table, meet and greet with fans, sign autographs, etc. So we first set up different time slots and we open it up to the student athletes for them to sign up. Um, we had target of equal amount of male athletes and female athletes, the same time slots, etc. We set the price, and if they want to do it, they do it. Uh, they submit their disclosure, everything that's required to compliance. Contract sign and then after the event, they get paid. So it's a very simple, straightforward process. Uh, some athletes we have larger, you know, partnerships with, um, which is super exciting. Some we have, you know, just social media engagements with others. It could be truly anything, but it's a very simple, straight line process.
1: How does this continue to grow? Because this isn't going away anytime soon. How does successful honor both help the players and the student athletes grow, but also help the collective grow as well? Because you you mentioned the members. Um, number one, what does what do you have to be to be uh, part of the collective members or membership group, or however uh, you phrase that? Um, and then how does how do they help that continue to grow?
0: Yeah. So I mean, it's it's very simple to become a mentor. A member, you can subscribe at our website, successwithhonor.com. We have different subscription tiers. If you would like to do a recurring basis, you can have it be sent to your favorite team. But also, there's just a one-time option if you just want to give, you know, 50 bucks here and there or whatever you'd like to give. You can also direct it towards whatever team that you'd like. Uh, So, I mean, it's a very simple way to get, you know, to become a member. Success with Honor grows with their members. Like we wanna capture every single Penn State fan and we want every single fan to become a member. That's how you raise more money. That's how we're able to do more deals with these student athletes. And that's what we wanna see. We wanna do more deals. We wanna give out more money. We want to do as much as we can for these athletes.
1: Now, the group that came together to form the collective, who were some of those names? Because you mentioned that, that, that there are some big names behind it. And I've seen some of the lists, but maybe our listeners haven't. But there's some, some big name brand value in some of these members. Is that correct?
0: Oh, no, that's correct. So like the, the main board. So Mark Tanati, he is our the CEO. We've had Jay Paterno is really the matchmaker for all of this. We've got Ira Lubert. We've got Bob Poole, Carrie um, Smalls, and some other alumni also are, are involved it's it's a great group of guys who really had the idea to start this uh, very fortunate to work with their vision for where they want to take this collective is truly incredible and it, it's nice to know that we will approach it we will crush that vision and you know we'll, we'll do that with all the help of the support and the subscribers the fans etc
1: so what's next for for both successful honor and for penn state as as the university and the athletic department um as you guys kind of gear up in and, and kind of what what would be next for you guys
0: yeah so i mean alluded to it next with our, our large rollout in the fall of different activations that we have planned um, the clothing lines nfts etc but you know next would just be telling a friend tell a neighbor tell any penn state fan you can to subscribe um, because this is how you will help out a student athlete, you have a direct role in that, you have a direct role in giving them an NIL deal. As it relates to the university, still a very hands-off relationship because that's Pennsylvania state law, the school cannot facilitate any deals, um, cannot really speak with us about any deals, anything along those lines, so it's a very much a hands-off relationship. Hope one day that Pennsylvania law will change so that we can work hand-in-hand with the university, but we cannot give in state law.
1: Does that make it harder for you guys without the university relationship right now?
0: Oh, definitely. It definitely makes it harder. It'd be great if, you know, a coach could just give us the contact information of these student athletes or work hand in hand with us with specifically, you know, hey, you know, tap out our booster club, tap out our, you know, lacrosse specific donors, et cetera, and making those connections. It's, you know, Ohio. Ohio doesn't have an NIO law. Ohio State's able to facilitate deals and we can see what they're doing. It'd be great if Penn State, you know, could do the exact same.
1: Now, how do you, do you see that relationship kind of molding if Pennsylvania state law, uh, if the Commonwealth is able to come together on this, or is that something that, that you guys are, are working with, maybe state representatives or state senators to to make that happen so that Penn State and, and other Pennsylvania schools are not far behind in the NIL deal?
0: Oh yeah, there's definitely efforts right now to lobby to change the Pennsylvania law. Um, that is in place. Hopefully it will change and will change soon. Uh, when that does, I can see us, you know, working hand in hand with Penn State athletics or at least a model similar to what Ohio State's doing. I think they're really setting the tone of what it could look like and it should look like um, in terms of facilitative model. And I know that Penn State, I mean, they have a larger fan base than you know, Ohio State. They have the largest fan base out of any college, you know, which is awesome. Um, But I could see them, you know, working hand in hand. Just not right now. We can't.
1: You mentioned Ohio State and what they're doing. What is it that they're doing that's making it so much better than than what you have? Because they keep pulling in these five star after five star recruits. And obviously that's got to be a factor.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is just because the school is able to help out. The school is able to facilitate deals to refer athletes to refer businesses they're able to you know help out these athletes not so much obviously understand the contracts but help out more with the education athletes are able to ask more questions um, and actually get answers which they can't now at Penn State or any Pennsylvania school for that matter because it's such a gray area of what they can and cannot do like what is considered facilitating an nil deal what is considered um setting up something what you know it's all these little minute details and restraints which is very unfortunate but i think our collective success with honors doing an awesome job though at a navigating it making sure everything stays above board last thing we you know we don't want an ncaa investigation i don't think that will happen because of how we're operating it's it's great we're very efficient everything's done you know by the books which is i don't know if a lot of other collectives can can say that um but also helping out with these athletes answering their questions we can answer them we can educate them and we are doing that um which is also setting ourselves apart
1: excellent now how if i want to support and and if our fans want to support and people that listen to this podcast want to support how do they do that
0: Yeah, so very simple, just go to the website www.successwithhonor.com. Like I said, you can either do a one time you can do a, you know, monthly rolling uh, subscription, you can go to your favorite sport, you can do all sports. And that is really what helps us grow and scale and be on par with all these other collectives
1: excellent we thank you for your time morgan and we thank you for joining us and we hope to to speak with you again soon hopefully with more money behind the collective and and things are, are, are rolling here and we'll talk maybe during the season about yeah, let's, what's next we can next even get and, an athlete
0: on we, we can yes. do an nil deal on here and get an athlete on
1: let's make it happen um we'll, we'll be in touch and and we'll go from there but we thank you for joining the we are podcast and the dk pittsburgh sports podcast network thank you back to the we are podcast dk pittsburgh sports podcasting network we thank morgan frazier as always for joining us and taking the time out of her day to talk nil with us and explain really the ins and outs of what it means for us i didn't realize Corey, when I'm talking about that that the universities didn't have a say in it yet so or especially at penn state uh in pennsylvania because the laws are different in every state so it's hard to legislate What's possible? What the school can do, and in, in that nature, um, so it'll be interesting to see how this develops. Because let's be real, it's not a Penn State issue; it's a Commonwealth of Pennsylvania issue with a lot of schools. Right. And it, and listen, it's going to trickle down to places like Shippensburg, right? They're gonna the Raiders. I think they're still the Raiders. They're that's where Mike Yursich came from. He's gonna want they're they're gonna want a piece of the pie, right? the The, the local pizza store. Hey, come come eat our pizza for fifty bucks and we
2: we are still at the very early stages of all this nobody knows what the hell's going on from one state to the next from one school everybody's just playing by all these different completely different sets of rules I mean, I I don't know. It's just like recruiting, right? It it, was separate
1: sets of rules. And that's, and that's, I think the crazy thing about it, 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 it's just like recruiting and and it's the biggest factor in recruiting now because, Hey, how much can I make to go here? The benefit at Penn state is once they get this and it seems like they've got the ball rolling really well. um, It's guess what now it's lights out because once they get that collective up and going and making money for everybody in the athletic department, it's a great situation.
2: It can be. Then you just have to make enough money to keep everybody. Hey, they need $13 million to keep up a school X. That's right. And, but, you know, the
1: players that are on campus are obviously impacted by recruiting, and that's why they're there.
2: Well, this is a, that's actually, this is, excuse me, a a good segue kind of to what we're talking about here. Uh, In the first segment, we were talking about flipping the commitment. Penn State lost the quarterback, Marcus Stokes, who flipped to Florida. Okay, so. Now what happens to Penn State's quarterback situation during this recruiting class and then also going forward? And does this change how James Franklin and Mike Yersich have to deal with Drew Aller, with Christian Veyu? Because, look, I'll be honest with you, Jared. Marcus Stokes, even as a four-star quarterback, if he came to Penn State, you had to wonder, was he ever going to play? And I mean, ever. Okay. As a four, because you, you got to figure, Aller's going to be the after this year, Aller's going to be the starter for at least the next two years. Mm-hmm. And so then you, you just don't know. But the, the bottom line is, these schools, they like to bring in one quarterback for every class. And so now, how does this, if, you know, they'll, they'll get a quarterback, I'm sure, but it might not necessarily be uh, a, a big, an, a, another big name or high profile recruit.
1: Right, and that's the thing. Like that's the that's the that's the thing. You have to when you're looking at the quarterback position, you're not recruiting for this year necessarily, unless it's an impact player. You're looking for two, three, four years down the road. Is this going to be the guy? Right? Who can we get in there that's going to be that guy when this guy takes over? Like when Trace McSorley leaves, and it's not Tommy Stevens, but instead it's Sean. It's between Sean Clifford and Will Levis, or. Then it's okay. Sean Clifford will Levis. Then Levis transfers. Now it's Sean Clifford and Christian Veiu, or it's Drew Aller. So when you're talking in recruiting, you it's it's not immediate. It's two, three, four years down the line that you're worried about. Is that guy still going to be here? And how can we make sure that that he is going to be here when the time comes for him to be ready to play?
2: And we've talked about this before. You've got to make sure you do everything right with the backups to convince them to want to stay there. And this is where it gets into the tricky discussion that we've had before about drew Aller. how much is he going to play this year? You know, Sean Clifford is a starter. And if they get off to a great start and they're winning, well, then Sean Clifford is still a guy period. That's just the way it goes. You're not going to bench a guy if they're five and Oh and ranked in the top 10, top 15. Um, But if they start to struggle, how much is, is Christian Vayu the backup? Then or is Drew Allard the backup? How much do you have to? And then there's the whole component of you got to pick the right guy. Okay. And look, as we go into this season, Will Levis is a top five potential NFL draft pick. Sean Clifford is not even an NFL caliber quarterback, period. As of, as we go into the season. So you've got to pick the right guy. There is so much pressure. And importance on the quarterback position, uh, Jared. That you you just can't afford to make a misstep.
1: Yeah, right. And that's the thing. Like you have to you have to hit the nail on the head. And sometimes, again, like we talked about in the first segment, when you get to campus, you're just a college football player. There are no stars. There's hype, but you got to live up to it. And sometimes that just doesn't happen. Think about Paul Jones, right? Paul Jones, all the hype in the world uh, under. Joe Paterno, Bill O'Brien, it just never came to fruition. And he ended up at Robert Morris and, and things like that. So guys like that, that are four-star five-star guys, it doesn't always pan out because it does like rankings, you know, albeit are great for recruiting services and, and for the hype aren't always the end all be all when it comes to who's going to be an impact player uh, for your
2: team. And so you, especially from a quarterback spot, You bring in one guy every year. You kind of create an ongoing constant competition, but then there's only one ball. And you were talking about, we were talking about NIL earlier. That's where the NIL comes into play. If a guy's not playing and he wants to go get playing time somewhere else, well, he can through the portal. Uh, If a guy's playing really well and he wants to go somewhere else and can make a lot of money, there's that possibility too. And so, Again, I know this is kind of an offshoot conversation from a a kid flipping to another school, but at at the end of that, I think Penn Penn State's in a good quarterback uh, situation right now. Uh, Sean Clifford's there for the 17th year as a starting quarterback. Drew Allers there, Christian Veyu, who I think will be the backup to start the season at least. Mm -hmm. So I I think they're in a good spot for right now. But again, the decisions that the Penn State coaching staff make over the next couple of months, which high school kid are they going to go recruit? Who might be the quarterback three, four, five years from now? How much time are they going to give to Christian Bayou? How much time are they going to give to Drew Aller uh, if, if the season starts to kind of get away from them? These are the decisions that will make or break the future of Penn State football, just like the whole Will Levis situation. Right, because these these decisions – aren't just felt right now. They're felt three,
1: four, five years down the road, if that staff is there. And I think that's the other thing too. We talk about commitment, right? It's so you are, you're, I, I guess you in your mind, you, you want to be there. You're expecting to be there. Sometimes that doesn't always happen. Now you have the benefit with James Franklin that he has a long-term contract, but coordinators aren't always going to be there. And and that's a big factor in in recruiting too, is who your coaches are, who you build that relationship with because coaching is relationships. Relationships go a long way in, in a lot of different things. And that's communication. That's what you do for your career, for school, for whatever. If you have a great relationship with somebody that's going to give you that, you know, that, that respect for them, that, that you have for them, that's going to give you the, the drive and desire to go work hard for them to to be their guy because they believed in you because when you're believed in you want to you want to go out and do well and and a lot of those guys you know you have to go out and do it and you have to go out and perform and it, it, that's the thing Penn State sit back quarterback room situation is great you know last year we just had no idea what what was expected. Sean Clifford back for back then it was his 15th year since then. Now he's up to 19 or 18 or, or however many years he's been at Penn state. Um, you know, now it, it, you, you're you hoping that it starts to turn the corner because Penn state's quarterback situations haven't been ideal of late.
2: Yeah. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about that. One other thing I wanted to mention uh, on this podcast, before we go, something else we're going to have to spend a ton of time on, obviously. And that's the offensive line. I talked to Landon Tangwall last week at Lift for Life. We have a story up at DK Pittsburgh Sports. He's confident that the line will be better. Hey, Jared, you know what? I'm confident the line will be better. I am. I'm confident that Penn State's line will be better this season. You know why? Because they were friggin' abysmal last year, and there's no possible way they could be any worse. So they will be better. How much better? You know, that is something that we, we we have to focus on anytime we talk about any of this stuff. Um, because, you know, to me, the uh, Sean Clifford likes to say, the ball is the program. You know, that's a common saying. Mm-hmm. The ball is the program. Well, at Penn State, the line is the program.
1: Yeah, and it, it, listen, it can't get much worse than it has been over the past few seasons. Um, but, man, it, it, the only way they can go is up. And if they don't go up, well, Sean Clifford's going on his back, and and then you've just got a disaster. But there is hope. You, I mean, they finally have, I guess, what you could say, a normal off season, which is something that Penn State really hasn't had, right? Uh, and that's a thing too. And and with Coach Phil Troutwine, I think that's important. Year one, they learn via, um, via, via YouTube and Google Meet or Teams or Zoom or whatever. Last year they were doing it in groups and, you know,
2: and sometimes that's not easy. But because, with a new offensive coordinator.
1: Right. With So things, finally, you have, you're in person, you're, you're possibly going up against the defense, which is good. Uh, and, and then, you know, you, you have stability and you have consistency. And when you have that, that's a recipe for success. And I think that's, you know, that's an
2: important thing to really worry about. I do think that that is a tremendous point that cannot be overlooked that you mentioned, that this is a normal off-season. They did not have a normal off-season last year or the year before, again, with COVID and, and the offensive coordinator. So you'd like to think that the line can get better. And one last thing I'd like to add on this, and this, this can be something we can address further on down the road as well. How much, how well the line plays or not, Jared, should and, and probably will have a big, Uh, determining factor on the quarterback usage because we're talking earlier how much does Christian Vague play how much does Drew Aller play you know what happens if the season goes a certain way well what happens if the line cannot protect the quarterback okay Uh, Christian Hackenberg got broken at Penn State because they had no line that could protect him and he became a broken quarterback if Penn State's offensive line is really struggling and we don't expect it too. But if they're really struggling pass blocking and the quarterback's getting hit a ton, you cannot put Drew Aller into that situation. You can't. No, you just absolutely can't. You, no. You're you, absolutely you can't right. break the kid. So maybe, maybe you stick with Clifford and, and if he gets broken, you know, unfortunately, so what, but these are all, everything is intertwined. That's why I just keep coming back to uh, the, the offensive line is just going to be a, the, uh, the biggest component of all this.
1: Right. And, you know that's the that's the thing too, and that goes back to recruiting. It's who they're recruiting to be their guys uh, up front and, and fit their schemes. Because you know Matt Limegrover wants a different type of line, could want a different type of lineman than than what Phil Troutwine wants, and it depends on the scheme. And, and that matters too, because when you have, you know, different position coaches, different offensive coordinators, it's who are you going out and getting, are you getting the best athlete? Are you getting a guy that's versatile? Are you getting a guy that's going to fit your scheme perfectly? And that's a, that's a tough kind of, that's kind of a tough game to play. uh, Because blocking in high school is way different than blocking uh, when you're at the collegiate level. But, you know, Corey, I think it's time to wrap it up we're committed to these fans and we don't want to go on too long. So before they commit and turn us off, I think it's a good time to say that we have not been heavily recruited. So we're back again next week, but for Corey Geiger, this has been Jared Prugar on the war on the, we are podcast the DK Pittsburgh sports podcasting network. We'll catch you all again next week.